Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Everybody knows that true crime can be a real buzz killer. So why not pair it with a nice glass of wine? Join us, Macy and Nicole, the hosts of Buzzkillers, a true crime podcast, as we drink our way through new bottles of wine every week while navigating true crime cases, conspiracy theories, and even some spooky haunts. The deep dives are kept light with banter and personal tales, and even the occasional boozy hiccup. Listeners are encouraged to grab a drink of any kind and tune in every Sunday as we tell the tales of the wicked that plague this world. Buzzkillers can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you like to listen. Check out our website, www.buzzkillerspodcast.com, for more information. What's up, you guys? Nailed it. I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmoth podcast. How are you, Haley? I'm doing great, Catherine. I just miss you, but that's fine. I miss you too. Oh my goodness. We also have a guest here. We're having a a friend moment for a second in front of a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. How are you ladies doing? Hi. Uh, We're doing fine. You're doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So this is Janine from the Identity Podcast, also a Podmoth podcast. Woo! And I guess I'm here today to talk about urban legends. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about some spooky ooky urban legends. Spooky ooky. I mean, they don't have to be spooky ooky, but whatever you guys came up with, I guess. (laughs) I mean, by definition, right? Spooky ooky is kind of where we're headed. Ideally. Yeah. Haley and I do the spooky ooky. So (laughs) Haley, kick us off. I'm going to be talking about the Jersey Devil. Woo! That was the long one. I'm sure I could do a lot more, but I was also running out of time, so. (laughs) (laughs) The Jersey Devil is a little complex. It it is. I I think I've almost done it myself. I was, like, reading words, and they were not making sense, and I was like, am I I reading this right? All right, so the Jersey Devil, or it's also known as the Leeds Devil. It is an urban legend from... The South Jersey, Philadelphia area, it inhabits the forest of Pine Barrens in South Jersey, and it is described as a flying biped, which means that it walks on two feet and it has hooves, and there's many variations of it, but a common description is that it is like, it looks kind of like a kangaroo or a, how do I say that? like a, a wyvern which I had to look what a wyvern was because I didn't know what that was. A but wyvern? It, it's a wyvern. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. See, I didn't know how to say it. I- <laughs> we needed Janine this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a wyvern. It is a two-legged dragon. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he has like a dragon head and hoof oh. feet? Well, it's like kind of, it's more like a horse, isn't it? That was my next line, Catherine. Sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yes, it has a horse or goat-like head Ooh. with leathery bat wings, horns, <laughs> little tiny arms, which kind of reminded me of a T-Rex, <laughs> with clawed hands and legs with hooves, obviously, and a forked tail. And oh, 
And the most terrifying part to me, glowing red eyes. Oh yeah, mm. the red eyes. I hate red eyes. Hate that it. sounds familiar. <laughs> right, I wonder where I've heard that a creature has glowing red eyes before. <laughs> I wonder where. <laughs> yeah, this oh. one, I feel like this one has been mistaken for Mothman or they've been interchangeable for many years. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, the same that we did when we had Wendigo and Skinwalkers, they were like almost interchangeable, but they yeah. have different lore. Yep. Yeah, that's what an urban legend is, I would say. Like word of mouth. It's like that game telephone. Yeah, true. It also, apparently, there's a described noise that it makes, and it's just a blood curdling scream, which I'm like, are you sure it's just not the person finding it? Is it like that goat that you see? <laughs> <laughs> that meme? Yes. Yeah. Like, ah! That's probably no a scream. <laughs> He's got a go head. So this is this is the part where it gets like kind of like into like history or like origins. It was kind of confusing because it kind of jumps around a lot. But the reason why it's also known as the Leeds Devil is the story I'm about to explain. So 1736, you know, way back in the day. Yes. There was a lady. She was called Mother Leeds, and Apparently, the Jersey Devil was her 13th child. So, her 13th reason. Yes, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I was just like, no, please don't be right. Okay. I mean, okay, the 13 does like tie in to it. <laughs> oh, no. So, there's a lot of different versions of the story of how yeah. it came to be, but it basically all has the same common outcome is that the child turned into the creature. Mm. So, yeah. That's so interesting parenting. I know. It's about to get more interesting. Hold oh, on. No. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the stories is that the mother was a witch. She became pregnant by a soldier. And I'm not sure if it was not consensual, consensual, whatever, but basically she hated the child and cursed it. <gasps> and then there's another version. She was just so frustrated because she had 12 kids prior to this. And this was number 13. And she was just tired of them damn kids i guess and she was like i'm gonna curse this child i wonder if she knew it was causing that i'm just kidding i'm sorry <laughs> probably didn't have a choice i understand i'm sorry it was a long time ago. <laughs> Jeez. and i guess along with that she said 13 meant that it was gonna be the devil because oh 13. and then there's another one that was like the mother was a witch and she had relations with the devil to create a devil baby a nephilim yeah is that what it is? <laughs> is it enough? Probably. I think so. Yeah, that seems legit. If I were to go with an explanation, I would say witch had sex with the devil demon baby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it does make more sense. That's the um, trifecta right there. Right. <laughs> but here, I guess here's some more like actual history of possible realistic reasons on why. Uh, historians said that due to gossip, because of course, and the times back then, the Leeds Devil, it actually pertained to Daniel Leeds. Hmm. I don't know who he was to the mother Leeds in question, but from what I could read, there was some rivalry between him and Benjamin Franklin. Oh. I mean, that and Ben Franklin was always starting shit, so. Seriously. You know. <laughs> I don't know a lot about him other than he's on the hundreds, but <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, damn, this sounds like an asshole. He <laughs> also created he created this instrument that was made out of spinning bowls and water, but it sounds like demons 
screaming. Like it's the worst. I mean, if if you were ever at odds as to whether or not to call Ben Franklin an asshole, he created this musical instrument and it's horrible. People were said to go insane when they heard it. Wow. Yeah, it was that bad. So yeah, asshole. (laughs) My gosh. Okay. But yeah, I guess he was the rival and it resulted in the Leeds family being described as monsters, which when I was reading, it made more sense later. So, but Daniel Leeds, he became interested in astrology and things pertaining to Christianity and the cult, stuff like that. He wrote an almanac that involved astrology and the Quaker community, they found it too pagan-like. So (laughs) they censored his writings and basically dismissed him as being evil they would have thought the toilet paper was too pagan like right (laughs) (laughs) fucking ice cubes too pagan like fucking quakers right (laughs) pretty much let's see daniel's son titan he took over his almanac publishing business 1716 he wrote an almanac which rivaled with ben with ben franklin's almanac poor Richard's almanac 17 let's see 1733 this is when it's kind of he's such a dick sorry <laughs> 1733 Franklin satirically used astrology to predict Titan's death and Titan basically like wrote back something like basically wrote another almanac against him and then Ben Franklin wrote another one basically saying that that he was right because it was after the date that he said that Titan was supposed to die. So he basically wrote and said that he was right and Titan's ghost is coming out, is coming back to haunt him and write stuff against him. And he even, like Franklin still even wrote stuff about Titan's ghost satirically and all that, jokingly, even after he actually died in 1738. Interesting. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Sounds oh, like show. it. But let's see. Parents, 1728, so a little little bit before Titan started using their family crest on his publishing almanacs and stuff, which their crest was the how'd you say it, Janine? <laughs> <laughs> the Wyvern? <laughs> yes. So I was gonna say it right. Yeah, it was the Wyvern. So a lot of people believe that that's where the Leeds devil came from because they also owned the property that the Pines Baron is in so a lot of people think this is where like the Leeds devil came around and then it just turned into the Jersey devil who gossip and then I just have some sightings that were there's been sightings since the 1700s up until I think like 1990-1980 was the last one that I could see 1840, the Jersey Devil was blamed for many livestock killings, which most urban legends are. Right. In Greenwich, in December of 1925, a farmer killed an unidentifiable animal and was like, it's the Jersey Devil, guys. No one can identify it. So it is what it is. In 1909, on the week January 16th to the 23rd, there was just an outburst of encounters and sightings of the creature either attack there was a lot of attacks at like establishments on cars there was accounts that police officers were firing at said creature and there was no effect to it there was another sighting that started out as just oh there's strange footprints in the snow 
and then it turned into actual people seeing the creature throughout South Jersey and even as far as Delaware and like Maryland. And it was being published all in the newspapers and it basically caused such a panic that schools were closing down. There was people staying home from work and then vigilante groups started and they oh. were like, and they started storming the woods trying to find it. Interesting. <laughs> I would totally call out sick because of the Jersey devil. Totally. Right. I always find I- it really interesting, especially with the cryptozoological aspects of some urban legends. I hesitate to call them urban legends just because they're cryptozoological in nature, but I'm old school. But I find it really interesting that, you know, the urban legend becomes reality through this kind of process of ostention. I don't know. Do you, ostention, you know what ostention is? No. Vaguely. No. <laughs> okay. So ostention literally means like the process of showing or exhibiting. So somebody says, like, for example, Ronald Clark O'Brien poisoned Halloween candy and he killed his son with a poison pixie stick. He tried to pin it on a neighbor saying that the neighbor poisoned the candy. But anyway, long story short, people have been saying for years that Halloween candy is being poisoned. People are putting needles in it. People are putting razor blades in it. And then one person decides that they're going to twist that urban legend and make it true because that's actually never happened. Like you're not going to wander up to a drug dealer's house and they're going to give you free fentanyl. Right. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Promise you it's not going to happen. But he took that urban legend and he took people's existing fears and he twisted it so that he could create his own kind of alibi, I guess, through this process of ostension. So it's just kind of interesting that, you know, people are seeing sightings, whatever. And then all of a sudden there's like this rising up of people saying, we're going to become vigilantes and, you know, go and bring me the head of the... It's like Beauty and the Beast, right? Bring me the head of the beast. Right. And then everybody has to run out and, you know, get involved or whatever. Right. And a GoFundMe is started and all of that stuff. <laughs> so it's just interesting to me. Right. Last couple things. So it was rumored around that same time in 1909 that the Philadelphia Zoo had posted a $10,000 reward for the creature, I which... Mean- Funnily enough, obviously created a lot of fakes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I bet. So one I thought was kind of funny. It says someone brought a kangaroo that they equipped with artificial claws and put bat wings (laughs) on it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, kangaroos are horrifying to begin with. They are pretty scary. (laughs) They'll deck you. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) They will. But yeah, other than all that, um, I just thought it was funny that all these people were like terrified of this monster. And now it's like, there's merch. There's merch. <laughs> there's <now>. merch. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a cryptid that does not have merch. Right. <laughs> They're very well connected or a social media presence. <laughs> right. So that's, that's it. it. That's the Jersey Devil. That's that's all I got, folks. Wow. Janine, it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Okay, so as I said before, I'm kind of a purist. I'm a bit of an aficionado when it comes to urban legends. So my urban legends basically center around one man who is uh, Jan Harold Brunvand, who is an amazing gentleman who actually invented the term urban legend to describe a lot of these different stories. So I basically have everything that he's ever written. I talked to him about coming on my podcast and he was like, I'm old and I just want to fish. And I was like, that's cool, dude. I totally get it because he's like in his 80s now (laughs) oh so i'm like fangirling to this 80 year old man and he's like yeah no totally not interested dude but he was really nice and he gave me a list of some of his cohorts 
in the genre. So he said, you know, drop my name and, you know, whatever. I'll like, I'll hook you up with all of these other weirdos. And I was like, cool, sounds good. So my first one is probably one of my favorite urban legends of all time. And it's the Choking Doberman. Are either of you familiar with the Choking Doberman? No. Okay, so the Choking Doberman. There is a woman who comes home from work later in the evening and she comes in her house. She drops everything off. She goes into the bedroom to start getting undressed and she starts to hear this choking noise. And she has a Doberman pincher who is in the other room and he's choking on something and he's asphyxiating. So she gathers up the dog and she rushes him to the vet. And the vet says, you know, he has to go into surgery. So there's nothing really that you can do for him right now. And like, it's kind of late. So why don't you just, you know, go home and we'll call you when the dog comes out of surgery and we'll kind of talk about next steps. And she's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So she goes home and she's in her car. She gets in the driveway. She gets out of her car. She's walking up to the house and the phone rings and it's the vet. And the vet says, whatever you do, do not go in your house. And she's like, why? I don't understand. Why can't I go in my house? He's like, so... We just finished doing surgery on your dog to try to pull whatever was blocking his airway out. And it was three human fingers. So she hangs up the phone with the vet, calls the police. The police come. They go into the house. They go into the back bedroom where she was getting undressed. And they pull a guy out of the closet. And he's like half passed out because he's lost so much blood. But he's missing three fingers. And next to him on the floor is a huge butcher knife. That is my favorite urban legend. Oh, my God. I per- I love that one. And, you know, I wasn't sure if you were looking for, like, longer ones. No, that's um, perfect. Or shorter ones. But, yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite urban legends. That's um, crazy. I love telling them, too. Yes. It's just so great to be able to tell it to somebody who doesn't already know it. I've been, you know, ruined by the internet. So, like, I find my <laughs> urban legends wherever I can find them. <laughs> sure. And I feel like, too, a lot of the, you know, the younger generation are coming up with their own urban legends, like inventing them on their own. But they're not specifically urban legends. They're more like they fall into the realm of creepypastas. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm kind of a purist. You know, like if it's approved by Brunvand, then it's I'm approved all good, by you. you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, like Slenderman, I wouldn't consider Slenderman an urban legend. I, you know, like Sasquatch, the Loch Ness Monster, Jersey Devil, Mothman, they're not urban legends. They're, you know, cryptids. Right. So they all fall into their own different categories. Right. But urban legends generally, when you tell somebody an urban legend, you're telling them to be aware of something. Right. That perhaps otherwise they wouldn't normally be aware of. Right, right. A lot of them are like, you know, morality tales or like, for example, I actually I got an email. I think it was Tuesday of this week. I was writing some papers and it popped up, you know, hey, be aware in the Milwaukee area. There was a lady that had her Achilles tendons cut because there was some guy hiding under her car at the gas station. (gasps) And cut her tendons and, you know, whatever, like, and it's just, it's just not true. Like it doesn't happen, but something as mundane as going to the gas station, you know, you don't expect, yeah, you don't expect anything to happen. Right. You know, you're just going, you're going to go to fill up your car. You're going to be there maybe 10 minutes and you're going to go home and everything's going to be fine. But the fact that, you know, we also have to consider, well, but maybe somebody is hiding in the back seat, but well, maybe somebody is under my car. You know, maybe somebody is following me and I, you know, whatever, like I'm just not paying attention. I'm not aware of it. Right. So urban legends are kind of like that scratching of a scab almost. Yeah. You know, like it's there, you know. Right, right. (laughs) It's just a matter of just waiting until, you know. It comes to your subconscious or comes out of your subconscious into your conscious life. Right. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Well, it's my turn, I think, right? I yes. promise I'm not a pompous ass either. <laughs> I really come off like that. We didn't think you were pompous. Like ass. all the you time. Said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, we totally don't think that. We like the like actual urban legends because we mm. don't really, I guess, do technically in your definition, all urban legends. Sure. We kind of do a little bit of everything, conspiracies, cryptids, yeah, things yeah. like that. I love, I love that one. So my first one is the Fresno Nightcrawlers, which would be a cryptid, I guess. They've supposedly, they've only been seen like a handful of times, a couple of times. And most of them, all of them, except for one was in California. Somehow also someone in Poland has seen them once, <laughs> which is, uh, it's kind of far for them to get, but <laughs> without they must travel, clearly they traveled, right? They don't just crawl. Yeah. So the first time that they were ever seen, this man, Jose, he caught it on his CCTV camera outside of his house. And what they're described as like in appearance is that they appear to be pretty short, about four feet tall. And they have their height is made up mostly of legs and they have a very short torso slash head. So and then they kind of look like they're walking on stilts and almost like their their like knees are backwards, if that makes sense. that's weird yeah and so they look like these stilts of legs walking through this like grass area and like if you look up night fresno night crawlers you'll see the video it's eerie so and they're about like a gray color but i don't necessarily know if they're really truly gray or it's just because all of the videos that i've ever seen were black and white but i'm assuming there's some sort of like light gray color and when jose saw them he woke up to his dogs barking in the middle of the night and his dog, he looked on his camera and he saw these. He woke up his brother and showed him the video and they went outside and they saw these small footprints. So they called investigators. Now, the, when they say they called investigators, I'm not sure if they like called the police or who they called. But by the time those investigators arrived, all of the evidence for the Fresno Nightcrawlers had been washed away. Which, you know, (laughs) might mean that it never happened. But the only evidence of them is like one or two grainy videos of these these little legs, basically. Hmm. Now, the show, the sci-fi show Fact or Faked covered them and they deemed them unexplainable. So they didn't give it like a fact or faked like stamp on there. But it was seem it's seemingly like they're unexplainable in nature so okay so so i'm watching Um, this video it literally just looks like somebody put balloons in a pair of pants yeah and they pulled them all (laughs) the way up to their neck you know how like when have ever seen those people who like pull their pants all the way up to their neck and they like like my my grandma yeah looks like okay i don't want to be judged but i knew as soon as you like said it catherine and then you talked about the stilts yeah i was like oh my god i've seen the the show and then you said Dr. Fake, and i was like yep that's what i saw <laughs> i watched this when i was like 12 years old that episode scared the shit out of me it is still in my head <laughs> like i hated them things like i was like they look so creepy they do look pretty um, creepy so like whenever i think of like a cryptid this is the first thing that pops in my brain because i've seen the videos of them mm-hmm. So like, (laughs) you know, you kind of like have to fill in the gaps for most like cryptids because there's not always videos. But because this one, I've seen the video multiple times. Like if anyone talks about anything like that, I always think of the Nightcrawlers. So anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like 
so the video that I watched, they inverted it. Oh. So the kind of like pick up different aspects of the figure. Right. And it looks like it has legs, but yeah. it also looks like it's just a person under a sheet. Yeah. Like exactly. a longer sheet. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. It, it just looks weird. I kind of would classify the pants as like parachute pants, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like MC Hammer pants. Yes. Yeah. 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 Those are great. So, yeah. That's mine. Uh, Haley, it's your turn. Hey. Okay. This one's a little short, but this is the, I guess, lore of, <laughs> I'm going to butcher this, but it's Mini Washitu. Okay. Yeah, I got oh, nothing. This- I, got uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for Janine to be like, it's- <laughs> "Yeah, I know." <laughs> what is? It? Can you spell it? It's M I N I W A S H I T U. Oh yeah, no, I got. You lost me a W. <laughs> it's all the vowels, dude. It's the vowels that are throwing me off. <laughs> Which basically all that means is water monster. Let's water call it that. Monster? Yeah. So yeah, water monster. It's the Missouri River Monster is what I got. A lot of, like, legends or lore is based off of, like, Native American lore, which is where this one's from. It's not a very well-known one, which I'm I'm assuming is why they call it Water Monster. (laughs) It doesn't have any, like, specific name. Right. But basically, it's just a monster that you see in the middle of the stream and it has like a a red shine like a red shines through the water it is said to be compared to fire and it passes through the water with a loud roar so it's subtle (laughs) (laughs) as if you see it during the daytime soon you will go crazy and you'll become restless until death relieves you from your burden I hate when the stories go like as soon as you know or like whenever you see it, you're going to die. (laughs) I know you're going to be editing this and be like, stay away from water. (laughs) It is described as a strange figure with hair all over like a buffalo, which I'm like, there's a lot of things with hairs all over other than a buffalo, but it's red in color. It has one eye in the middle of its forehead. It's got... It's got, it gets cuter. It has one single horn. It's got human hands. What? It's got hooves. It's also a biped. So it walks down two feet. Its backbone sticks out and is too many different characteristics for one. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And very saw-like. And it just has a terrifying roar. Mm. And that is all. Wow. That's a strange one. He has nothing on that. It's in North Dakota, which I was like, the name is very misleading. Right. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Janine, it's your turn. Oh, is it my turn again? Okay. So my second favorite urban legend is probably one that you've heard before, The Legend of the Hookman. I feel like yes. I've heard it, but not like all together. Yeah. I have, so, the, I have a game. What? I have a game. Oh. Called The Hookman. You do? Oh. Yeah, it's like based around the urban legend. Oh, oh, that's interesting. So the Hookman urban legend originally appeared in, I believe it was in the 1950s in a Dear Abby column. I don't know if either of you remember Dear Abby. I do. But she was the advice columnist and you would write into her and, you know, Dear Abby, how can I better please my husband? Dear Abby, please teach me how to make another disgusting jello mold with salad in it shaped like a fish. You know, that kind of stuff in the 50s. 
Yes. It's a morality tale, which is another one of my favorite things about urban legends. So the story has like two or three different renditions depending on who is telling it. And the renditions are also dependent on who has seen the film Urban Legends. Because if you've seen the film Urban Legends and then you try to tell the urban legend about the hook man, you basically just tell the urban legend the way that you've seen it in the movie, which is not the original way it was told. So the original way it was told was a young couple get into their parents' car and they go up to Lover's Lane. And they're sitting there and it's very dark. There's romantic music on the radio and they start, you know, necking or making out <laughs> up there on the Lover's Lane. And all of a sudden, there's a news bulletin comes over the radio and it says, you know, everybody stay in your homes, uh, lock your doors because a crazed madman has escaped the local insane asylum and he has a large hook for a hand. And so everybody should take cover and take shelter. And so instantly the young lady is like, I want to go home. I don't want to be here. This is not, you know, this is not fun for me anymore. Like we need to go now and like go on lockdown because this is some crazy shit. And the guy is like, no, 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 you know, like, come on, babe. No, Always. come on, babe. And it's like, you know, trying to still get her to do stuff and like even hand stuff. Like he'll take anything. <laughs> and she's like, no, you know, dude, we got to go home. So he's like, well, fine, fuck it, whatever, you know, and he's pissed off and he puts the car in gear and they, they drive back to her house and he goes to drop her off. And as he gets out of the car and he comes around to open up her side of the car door, he looks down and there is a bloody hook hanging on the side of the car. Oh off the door handle. Uh -huh. Another rendition is she hears strange noises and she immediately wants to leave. So it's a combination of hearing it on the radio and the strange noises, the scratching sounds. She doesn't like it and she wants to leave. The third one is she hears strange noises. The guy goes to check. Right. And then she hears the strange noises again. It's like a scraping noise on the hood of the car. Right. And she gets out and looks and it's him hanging upside down and he's like gutted. And, the yeah, you know, his fingers are scraping the, the top of the car. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's two or three different renditions. People make up their own renditions all the time. But it's basically, you know, it's all the same. Right. It's a morality tale. You know, tell your kids not to go to lover's lanes because teen pregnancy is real. And then we have this, you know, concept of a hook as a penetrative object. And we also have the young man who is trying to get his hooks into a young girl. So there's all of this, you know, kind of imagery. But yeah, so second favorite urban legend. Yeah, I remember that from Supernatural. <laughs> that I oh, was, yeah. They had an episode of Hook Man. And the one that I think that I always hear is the one where the guy gets gutted and like hangs yeah. Him, yeah, above the car. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I also have a man. Um, it's the bunny man. And back in 1901, there was a mental hospital in this somewhat nice area in Virginia. The people around in that who have like houses and stuff in that neighborhood or whatever, they didn't want the mental institution there. And so the mental institution had to shut down. And so that while they were transporting the patients from that mental institution to the other places oh, close by and around they one of the buses got into an accident and they did gather all but one patient was never technically found but they started around this bridge it's called the colchester overpass which was near where the bus crashed uh, they started seeing like bunnies being like mutilated and hung up and just like murdered bunnies were starting to like appear all over and so soon the tail rolled into 
you know, he did it to kids and he did it. And that part never obviously happened. But as into like the 70s and the 80s, there was later a police report or an incident where United States Air Force cadet was with his fiance. They were out in like a field after a football game and they were going back to their car and at in the car they had gotten like one of the windows were smashed out and they like drove away really fast and they saw this white figure as they were driving away and when they got back they saw this axe in the back of their car which they all say that the bunny man uses an axe to take its prey or whatever. And the cadet, he said that the man was dressing all white and he had bunny ears. And so because of that sighting, it started up again into the in and around Virginia. And then supposedly just a little bit later in that same month in October of 1970, there was a man named Paul Phillips and he was a security guard in like a construction, like a neighborhood that was like under construction. And he approached a man that was in front of one of the houses and he was chopping at the porch of the house with an ax yelling about how like he was going to chop your head off. And the police ended up dismissing that due to no evidence of it. But in the coming weeks, supposedly there was 50 sightings by people and they were trying to find the bunny man anywhere they could in Virginia, but likely it was just a person, not really a bunny man. (laughs) Obviously. I think that's so cute. Yeah, he's just a little bunny man. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting, actually, too. I remember when I was a kid, there were a bunch of stories about killer clowns. Yeah. And I actually think that in, I want to say Chicago, there were a bunch of sightings. Oh. Like around playgrounds and shit like that. And people were really up in arms. And then a few years ago, it started up again where people were starting to see just random clowns and they're not doing anything. They're just kind of like standing in the dark. Right. You know, like watching people. Right. And that was like a big, you know, people, I guess people got freaked out by that or something because I mean, you know, chlorophobia is a real thing. I don't like fucking clowns. (laughs) They're pretty creepy. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it has a lot to do with people covering their faces Yes. Yeah. For me, you know, you don't know who's behind the mask kind of thing. And it's very deceptive to me. And I just that's just one of the things that I don't like. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It seems to it does. Like you said, it seems to coincide with something that's coming up in the media or on TV. Right. Haley, tell us a cute Uh, urban legend right now. (laughs) Get our minds off of it. Did you say right meow? Right meow. Right meow. (laughs) What a coincidence. Because my urban legend is about ghost kitties. Lay gasp. Lay gasp. <laughs> Nothing too specific. I just have just like cats become ghosts. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, pretty much. Anyway, oh. no, okay, just a, a little bit. So there's been a lot of different sightings of ghost kitties, and there's we'll start with Arizona. Okay. So in this small town ghost town jerome arizona it was called it was considered the las vegas of the old west it eventually became a ghost town after their copper mine closed down after world war ii the town completely became deserted and today visitors have reported seeing and hearing ghost cats at the grand hotel it used to be a hospital apparently there's a cat that roams around on the third floor no one knows why. <laughs> and also the Mile High Inn 
which is actually <laughs> it sounds really bad but i was like i was looking stuff up like where this place is it's a different name now but it's like you can also stay there but its cover is like it looks just like a restaurant but you can actually stay up top and it looked really nice and the food looks so good anyway <laughs> off topic <laughs> okay but the story behind the kitty on that one so the theory goes the mile high inn it used to be a brothel that was owned by madam jenny banter eventually she was forced out of main street because people thought her business was uh ungodly you know <laughs> okay she did unfortunately die at the hands of a client and legend says that she returned to her roaming grounds along with her pampered kitty cat and people say that they see the cat darting around the corners and vanishing and they hear meows and sharpening of its claws and that's all for arizona but oh, cute also <laughs> i know it's kind of like cute but also like unsettling at the same yeah time. just a little bit so also so we have georgia next the davenport house in savannah there are reports of a white and orange tabby, which doesn't sound threatening or creepy. But when you go there with your child and the child is, there's a museum there. So it says that kids will visit the museum and they'll often call out to a kitty and it's not there. Oh, <laughs> like only they can see it. Oh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Throw the kid out. No, thank <laughs> it's you. A kid's fault. It's a bad. Did you try turning it off and on again? It's a bad kid. <laughs> I got two more areas. Apparently, Australia, instead of ghost kitties, they have phantom cats. Oh. Which they sound the like superheroes. Right? Phantom cats. <laughs> Maybe because of Danny Phantom. That's why I think that. But. Oh, Danny sure. Phantom. Yeah. But the only difference is they're not kitties, they're cats, because apparently they're referring to the big boy cats like the panthers oh the no. <laughs> so like phantom panther <laughs> that sounds even more like a superhero <laughs> phantom panther yeah. apparently there's phantom cat sightings all over the world but australia has a very long history of sightings i'm like of course it'd be australia <laughs> but it is said that gypsum phantom cats which apparently is what's seen around the Australian area. Mm -hmm. They're offspring of two cougars that U.S. airmen brought over during World War II and released into the bushes. I don't know why. Hmm. There was literally nothing else about that other than when people see them, they show up just long enough for them to take an interesting picture. And then when they call someone to do like an official government investigation, they're gone. Oh. Nowhere to be seen. Thing. it's like smile and wave boys and then leave <laughs> smile and wave boys and then most cats i've come across that i just thought were real cows you know when you get that like itch on your leg just to like brush up against something and there's nothing there stop stop <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm scared now <laughs> i'm sorry anyway okay last one so washington dc because of course it is said that there is a specific cat that appears at the White House or U.S. Capitol before elections and national tragedies. And it's said that there was a supposed sighting of a said cat at the assassination of Lincoln. Yeah, the black cat at the White House. Yeah. Which is called Demon Cat. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Cute. Or DC. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very creative. That is very I know. creative. <laughs> that I must have took him a long time. <laughs> but that is uh, the ghost kitties and phantom cats and demon cats. Cute. <laughs> I want a ghost cat. No, I don't. Ghost don't cat. Ghost cat. <laughs> ghost They're probably really easy to take care of. Probably. No litter box. You don't have to feed them. Right. Well, although, I mean, if they're vengeful ghost cats, then you know they're just going to shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yikes. <laughs> you just hear, like, you don't see it, you don't, or you just get, like, the slight smell. Like, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> you, like, step in something, and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> DC. <laughs> <laughs> talked about this. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Janine. All right, so we're going from ghost cats to other creepy pets. The next one that I have is the Mexican pet. Okay. There are a bunch of different renditions of this one as well, but this is the one that I happened upon first, and I was like, this is fine. <laughs> I was having one of those days where, like, there was a dumpster on fire, and I just was <laughs> like, this is fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. So this is my third favorite urban legend. Okay. Sam's parents promised that they would get him something when they went to Mexico, but everything was just too pricey. Read that Sam's parents were cheap asses. <laughs> they sat on a park bench and tried to think of something that he would like. Suddenly, a strange dog came up to them, and it struck them. The dog pulled out a bat and started... No. no. The way that this sentence is worded. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... the And the thought struck them. Even though it was illegal to bring animals over the border, they bought a cage... And they got the stray, and they took him home with them. Sam was so excited when they showed him his new dog. He started to pet it, but its mouth started to foam white, and the dog bit him. Oh. They took the dog to the vet and Sam to the hospital. The doctor gave Sam rabies shots, and they told him to be more careful. They went back to the vet, and they asked the veterinarian if he had given the dog any rabies shots. And the vet told him yes, told them yes, and that he had also let the dog go. Oh. And they asked the vet... The parents asked the vet why, and the veterinarian told them that it was an extremely large sewer rat, <gasps> and it indeed had rabies. Oh, my God. I don't know why the vet would let an animal go that had rabies. Right. I don't know if they mean they let the dog go like he put it to sleep. I, like, I have no idea. This is fine. This is fine. Oh, my God. That's just where I was. <laughs> but, yeah, it's one of those, you know, the white folks go to Mexico. Right. And they, you know, have whatever this idea in their head that they're going to do this anyway, even though it's illegal because they're white and whatever. They can get away with it. Yeah. And then they pack this thing in a crate and they bring it home and their ignorance comes back to literally bite them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Rabies. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So my last one is the Silver Silver Pine Ghost Train, which is also referred to as the Silver Arrow. So in the 60s in Stockholm, the Stockholm Metro bought eight aluminum trains. And generally the trains would be painted green in that area. But these ones they kept in like the state that they bought them. So they were all silver and they had like no advertisements on them, no nothing. And the insides were like dirtier, dingier, less, also had no advertisements. And it was just 
not as a magical experience as you would get on a normal one, which I understand like the Metro is not like magical, but you know, there's lights and advertisements and stuff anyway. So they purchased these ones to help fill in if ever any of the green trains broke down. So because they were only for just in cases, they were only rarely seen. And so because they were rarely seen, the people of Stockholm, they started talking and saying that the train was like a ghost train. And so they said that they've never seen anybody get on it. And if they do get on it, they never are seen again, or they're gone for months. And then they come back out of nowhere. And so, you know, they always say like, you know, don't get on the silver train, don't get on the silver train. I mean, I guess you have to in some cases if the, the green train's <laughs> down, but there like, was like, so, sorry, boss, I'm going to be late for work. Why? Yeah, the, the silver, the silver train, train's man. out. <laughs> can't do it. It's going to fucking Bermuda Triangle my ass away. I just can't. <laughs> right. If you guys want me to come back to work next week, just let me not come in today. <laughs> right. I'm going to come back to work next week missing. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> right. That's going to happen. <laughs> And then throughout the 70s, the legend started, uh, began to spread more and more through the commuters. And then there was a new station, a new train station that was about to be built. So there was a lot of like, it lost funding in the middle of the project. So it was kind of like a bare bones station. So then that only fed into the legend that this ghost train stops at that station to drop off people at their last stop. And so the locals say that only the dead people get off on the stop that is not finished. And <laughs> I mean, it doesn't stop there ever, but anyway. <laughs> and then in the 1990s, all of the silver ones were decommissioned and they no longer are seen anymore. But the next time you see a silver train, there may be a ghost passenger making its way to its final stop. Ooh. <laughs> Just a little spook for you. <laughs> I mean, I know. I was like, I love how you ended that. Like, that's spooky. <laughs> tried to give you a spooky at the end well that was all okay. well thank you guys for bringing us your urban legends and thank you for listening to the urban legends i loved all of your guys' stories though you're welcome you're welcome cats <laughs> what i said ghost cats ghost cats janine would you like to shameless self-promote right now you got the floor it's all yours I mean, I'm always up for a shameless self-promotion. Uh, so the Identity Podcast uh, is a proud member of the Podmoth Media Network, and you can find me basically anywhere you binge your podcasts. I believe I'm on every podcatcher that there is. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at IdentityPod. If you want to find me on TikTok, it's at IdentityPod. If you want to find me on Instagram, it is, you guessed it, at IdentityPod. Nice. Very I was like, let me guess. <laughs> Let me guess. Yeah. <laughs> All the mystery is gone now. <laughs> Every time I type identity, I like get mixed up with the T's and the I's at the end. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> identity. I'm just dyslexic. That's just my problem. So. <laughs> so yeah, go check her out and listen to her podcast. It's great. And spooky babes, Haley, spooky babes, Janine. <laughs> we just we just left bye yeah we just like we end the podcast right there no we are glad that you joined us don't forget to drink your water squeeze the day if you'd like to squeeze the day oh my god are you wearing your uh lemon i'm not wearing dress? lemon today no. i'm wearing dunder mifflin today oh <laughs> and the world's a better place with you in it and we will see you in your nightmares <laughs>